What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angels, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. This episode is a part of our marathon series called Trials Talk Chasing the Dream, where I get a chance to talk with a few Olympic hopefuls who will tow the line in Orlando this Saturday. We are here this Saturday with the chance of making the Olympic team that will represent Team USA in Paris. And this episode features a baller, the baller, shot caller, the GOAT, Dina Castor. It was such an honor to get a chance to chat with her. And this is a special episode because this is our marathon preview slash predictions episode. And I am so excited. I will say I made a few predictions on the show and one or two of them specifically on the men's side. I had to change it up a little bit. So the graphic on Instagram will reflect the current thought process. But it was such an honor to get a chance to chat with Dina again. She is what makes track and field and what makes the sport of running what it is her awesomeness and she gave some great advice for those who are running and i hope that they are encouraged if they're listening to this um, i am so excited please go to instagram to see the official polls the official brackets uh so to speak or the list whatever you call it or want to call it and to see who got it right you will know by saturday a little afternoon we'll see who got it right and i am so excited for the action it is going to be truly wonderful you're gonna love this episode we got a chance to divulge in bread and wine so she had her castor oil with some french bread i had my red lobster cheddar bay biscuits and my propel which looked like wine so we're just gonna roll with that and it was truly a remarkable time you guys are gonna enjoy the episode and listen i want you to play along at home tell us if you are of the thinking when it comes to our top 10 please let us know. We would love to hear from you and we would love to see what you're thinking heading into the trials on Saturday. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Love, peace, and chicken grease, and we will catch you next time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst? <laughs> Welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. Today is a very special episode. This is a part of our series, uh, marathon series called Charles Talk Chasing the Dream, where we kind of dive in, um, getting a chance to know some of the runners who will take the line in Orlando with the chance to make the team. But today is a twist because we have literal greatness. We have the original baller, shot caller, playmaker, dream chaser, dream crusher back in the day. The only person she could be compared to is the princess, I'm sorry, the queen of Genovia, because that's all she was doing when she dominated the track and field. I'm sorry, the marathon scene. Let me put some respect on it, because we have the legend that dwells within, Miss Dina Castor. Dina, what's going on? I appreciate you coming on the show. Hi, what a generous introduction. Thank you. You know, I almost said no, because I was like, there is no way we can predict this marathon coming up. It is going to be a showstopper every kilometer that ticks on. I am so excited. I just want everybody to know that if we get the predictions wrong, it is the influence of wine uh, <laughs> because it is, it's not, we love everybody that's running. We hope that the good Lord blesses you, but it's one o'clock here on this Thursday night out in California and definitely here in Orlando where I'm from. So Dina is a legend for so many things. I 
I was telling somebody, we were talking about it. We had an in-depth conversation. Y'all need to thank God that super shoes were not invented when she was running because sister would have popped the 208 and would have changed the game. <laughs> Dana would have got the third spot for the men. Like that's how legendary <laughs> she would have secured that third spot. But while we don't have super shoes, we have Wonder Bread. So uh, mine is underwhelming. It's with a twist. There was an accident with the wine. So I got this peach propel because I'm just going to assume that it's Chardonnay. So that's what we're rolling with. Uh, Ms. Dina, what do you have? Uh, the mind is a powerful thing. So you could turn that into wine just, just <laughs> with your thinking. We've had a lot of conversations in the past about the power of these eight inches above our shoulders. So um, I believe you can do it. Turn that propel into wine. Um, so I've got I've got my my white wine right here because we haven't eaten dinner yet. Um, but alongside of it, I want to show I'm taking this and I hope it doesn't spill on my prediction page because that would be catastrophic. You saw how messy my predictions pages. Look at how cool this plate is. Oh my goodness. I really love Halloween. And so these were Halloween plates and I couldn't bear to put them back under the house because they make me so happy. So I've got um, this skull wearing this beautiful like vintage hat and some Gothic uh, writing behind it. But I have my castor oil on the side, which is honey and balsamic vinegar and um, olive oil from Paso Robles, California, which is not only great wine country, but also great olive oil country. Um, some chili flakes and some rosemary and um, and a French bread that I would have made if I had time today. I didn't make it. I went to the bakery and I got some. So it's French bread from the from the bakery that I can dip into the castor oil, which also makes a very nice uh, marinade for meats. Um, and vegetables before you roast them. But that's what I've got here to indulge in while we get crazy and try to predict this Olympic trials marathon. You know, that could have and should have been an NIL deal. Um, <laughs> I'm not, we have to take the original bottle of castor oil and then put that in there and put your face on it and set somebody free. There is somebody who does not know how to season food that needs that is amazing i you told me about it uh a while back and i cried um because i never <laughs> like i was like this is this is honestly and then the plate from everything people tell me about the marathon is pretty much an accurate depiction of how you feel when you after you run it so it kind of is festive like tis the season Dina went above and beyond and listen you didn't you shouldn't make it when you are the goat you have people make things for you so I'm totally fine with that. I decided to do something a little weird. Um, I should. Uh, Greater Harvest Orlando Bakery. I love you guys. Um, it's in downtown Orlando. So if you are people who are, you know, spectating, you'll definitely uh, be sure to check them out big time. They have a bunch of different breads. Um, but I was in Publix and they had these red lobster cheddar bay biscuits frozen. And so that's what we have here. And I melted some Kerrygold butter. It is the best butter, most expensive butter known to man. But if you have not had Kerrygold butter, while the blood is still running warm in your veins, you need to get a pack and thank me later. 
Care Gold, if you're listening to this sponsor, Dina and I, we we need that. Um, we need that because that butter is not cheap. Um, hands down, hands down, the only butter that anybody should have in their refrigerator. No yes. doubt about it. It is a game changer in baking and cooking. It is a flavor enhancer. It is so delicious. Um, I feel like during the holidays, I bought our local grocery store out of Kerrygold butter twice, two times I bought all of it because um, I was so scared to go without it because it would, I feel like any dish would have been ruined if Kerrygold butter wasn't a part of it. Good call. I just took a bite because in yeah, the- Yeah, you had to. <laughs> So pretty much in the, they give you a seasoning packet with the garlic seasoning and everything. If you, you have to try this with red lobsters, cheddar beans, some caragold butter. Oh my gosh. I'm not kidding. If I'm ever dehydrated and somebody sees me and I have to go to the hospital, tell them to go melt some butter and put that in my veins. Like that is what I need. Wow. And while, while they're at it, they should massage it into your skin. Get yes. All, yeah. Absolutely. I'm all for As, that. Instead of CBD oil, listen, let's let's yeah. do that. Let's put that in some goo and some honey stinger. <laughs> like let's listen. We have so many ideas that I hope somebody's listening so we can yeah. get paid for it. Yeah, because isn't maple like some people make their own goos with like maple syrup? We're using goo, but it's a brand, but um like a um an energy packet. Is that what would say is that how we would speak generally about that surge of nutrition that we need or those essential calories at the end of a marathon that it could be liquid Kerrygold butter and maple syrup and making sure the Kerrygold is salted because you need the electrolytes but salted Kerrygold butter um in the gold package because the unsalt mm -hmm. is is in silver so the gold package that has the salt in it melted with some maple syrup i think I think if I had super shoes and that as my energy two decades ago, oh my gosh, let's His make lights. that prediction right there. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to tell you if Dina had, and we would call, what would we call that? We call that caster booster. If she yeah. had that, if we had that, that caster gold butter, that caster gold energy, I'm trying to tell you. Oh my gosh. Dina would have been popping too. Listen, we everybody's saying Kipchoge, we would call her the Dinas. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. I would have broken two before Kipchoge and Calvin Kiptum did. Listen, they would have looked at your marathon time and swore it was an 800. Like, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It was a 153. What? That's Dina. That's Dina. What is it? And guess what? It's steroid free. She would have been clean and everything. So, listen, don't put, that, put that don't put that crap in your body. Stay clean. Yeah, but maybe Carrie Gold butter, butter would have been on the banned list after that. And then and then I really would have shot myself in the foot because then I'd have to bake with something else. No, but here's the thing. It would have been on the banned list after they realized the secret. So mm. they couldn't charge you for the first time because you didn't know. I would have retired so early just so I could start baking with Carrie Gold butter again. I would have ran... 153, like you, in the marathon, one hour, 53 minutes. Yeah. I would have got all the awards, the accolades, and then I would have moved to like Yugoslavia or um, I would have moved somewhere where nobody knew me. Is that what your choice would be, Yugoslavia? 
Is that no, it was just I heard something. <laughs> I was listening to like Jimmy Fallon and he said Yugoslavia for something. And I was like, maybe not that. Maybe let me go to a nice place in Italy where they, you know, smush grapes and make wine. Yeah, um, or tropical. You could have gone somewhere tropical. I live in Florida. No, I'm not trying to go anywhere else tropical. No, okay, you're over that. Um, yeah. Now listen, anybody listening, don't don't let the anxiety rush through you. Weather's gonna be fine. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. Um, but yeah, listen, Florida in July. Um, always tell people if you want to know you're standing with the Lord, whether you're going to heaven or hell, come to Florida in July. Come come on in here in July and August because it will make you get right. It will make you confess. It will make you tell somebody you're sorry. It will break your pride. So no, I have um, I tell people I dream of a white Christmas. Um, and we're getting closer, but we're gonna we're gonna go away from the tropical. I know in California, I know you want the tropical. I know you're Bahamas, Caribbean, all that. So I um, we have so much snow right now, not record breaking, but enough to play in. Um, I just spent all last week in Bermuda and mm. it was so fantastic there for the Bermuda Triangle Challenge. We had so much fun um, and it's not Caribbean. It's not like as hot as the Caribbean. So it was just like perfect, right? It was just like a little under 70 degrees and sunny and breezy. It was just so, it was so perfect. It was their winter. So the locals were walking around in jackets, but my daughter and I were in our bikinis, sundresses, whatever, um, because it was so nice coming from, coming from the mountains. So I loved it. And my husband, Andrew is in Orlando right now. Okay. With our Mammoth Track Club team just to prepare for the Olympic trials, everybody was fussing about how hot Orlando is. And yes, maybe in July, but I've been there in February where, when it was freezing. It was like all of the citrus farmers were like draping their crops so that it didn't freeze. And um, and so and sharing tactics of like blowing fans on the mm -hmm. crops so that they didn't freeze. And it was um really interesting to see how alarmed some people got with how hot they assumed it would be. But my husband even said that it's been pretty nice since he's been there. It hasn't been too warm. It's been raining and, and cloudy. So, um, so I think we're going to have some great races on our hands. I'm going to say this and then we're going to get to the predictions. Okay. This is a, tr this is true. It's hard for me to say it's about to get cold. When I have friends who are up in Minnesota and Colorado and it's in the negative and where you are snowing, I was, I try not to go on X, Twitter, whatever, but I went and one of the local meteorologists issued an iguana warning. So what that means in South Florida, when it gets in the 40s, so it's supposed to be in the 30s over the weekend. You start seeing iguanas falling from trees and they're they're not dead, they're frozen. So you see all this green stuff. It's like, what is that? So it's it's these big old lizards just everywhere. You find them everywhere on your house, on your car, in the grass, everywhere. So we're getting it's iguana season. Um, so that's have, that's a sign. Yeah, go ahead. I have never heard of that. Are you allowed to like take them in and warm them up? Like, would you, you bring can, them into your garage or your mud room. I mean, you don't want iguanas running all over the house, especially if you have a terrorizing dog like I do, but I would want to bring them in and warm them up a little, thaw them out, put some leaves out for them to eat. I'll put them in a toilet. 
Oh my gosh, I don't think that's acceptable. You can, and then just get some tongs to get them out once the ice melts. <laughs> Maybe that's just fine. <laughs> don't do that, anybody listening to that. But yeah, animal activists that are listening to this, he's retracting his statement right now and apologizing. Yeah, don't, don't. I'm sorry. Uh, love and peace. Don't, don't, don't put the iguanas in the toilet, especially if you accidentally, you know, flush it or something. But <laughs> no, I mean, you can. Um, I am hashtag blessed to live in Orlando, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I'm going to send you pictures because every year is it's an it's a phenomenon. So there's two times that I love Orlando. It's in October when it turns 68 and people start wearing Uggs, and <laughs> when it's iguana falling season. So. Um, oh my gosh. So, so when the weather turns like this and you see like Arctic blasts coming down for us, we like celebrate when we see that this, this atmospheric river event is going to pummel us with snow because we're a resort town and everybody thrives off of, off of tourists coming and skiing. And my daughter's a skier. So she loves it. She's in a good mood, but I worry across the entire country about animals, about people on farms and they don't have barn yeah. space to to bring in their animals or people who make their um, pets live outside. I'm like, oh my gosh, bring in your animals. Like put the cow in the living room, whatever you need to do. Um, <laughs> I just feel so yeah. badly for the animals. And I know they have thick hides, but it gets dangerously cold this time of year. And I worry so much. I actually lose sleep over it. We, they do a good job here of plant safety and animal safety. Um, when it's really hot, I will say this, in Florida, it's not as much when it's cold. Maybe in North Florida, it gets cold. Um, it's not as much when it's cold that the animals, but it, when it's when we have stretches of crazy heat, and I've, you know, I've learned this, you know, when dogs are walking down the sidewalk, sidewalk is 100 and... 40 degrees or whatever the case might be because the sun is just leaning on it and everything is just heating all of it up. Their paws are attracting that heat. So they're just, they're burning. So, um, you know, unfortunately some of the elderly can't really do anything. Um, you know, everybody's kind of suffering because they just can't pick the dogs up, but yeah. you'll see a lot of people, you know, carry their animals, carry the dogs, carry the cats. Um, I have seen some videos of um, the dogs enjoying the snow, just laying out, chilling in the snow. But don't leave them there overnight um, yeah. because they deal with different things, you know, like humans, hypothermia, and um, you definitely don't want frozen animals. I will say this. I feel bad for people in like the low country or just, you know, areas that don't have the different resources um, because it's just bad for everybody, essentially. So yeah. in this cold season, take your animal and put them inside. Get them And change nice the time of your races so it's safe for runners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely don't do that let's 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 not do that uh yeah. i was foolish enough i'm running my first 5k in august didn't think that through i was just so i don't know oh, i got hit with the running fever but i think i need a shot to get it out of me i um, love it so you just have to train earlier in the morning when the humidity and temperature is down um get out early in the morning but by getting out in the morning 
you'll get this sense of satisfaction and accomplishment that's going to superpower your entire day. So it's worth getting up a little extra early to get that in. I think you'll be amazed at um, how the goodness of doing that really empowers you. And um, and so I, I can't wait to hear about that journey. Where is the 5K? It is in downtown Orlando. Um, so it's one of Track Shack's, uh, they have a bunch of events. So it's a celebration of like Track Shack um, and they have a big 5K every year. So I have a coach and shout out to Tori Parkinson, who's actually running in the marathon trials. Um, oh, awesome. And <laughs> yeah, I think she said base training starts soon. So I just cannot wait for me just crying at the start line and <laughs> um, just kind of balling out. But no, it's I, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to get up early in the morning. I'm going to go run. And according to the legend that is Dina Castor, apparently I'm going to have a great day. Yeah, not just one great day. Every day you get out in the morning and and accomplish that run, whether it's a recovery run or a more focused run where you're focused on pace or endurance, it is it is going to uplift you in so many surprising ways. I can't wait for you. Oh, God, beautiful. You know who else is going to have a great day? Who? The 300 people who are going to be competing at the marathon trials on February 3rd. Yeah. Um, well, I hope everybody has fun. <laughs> That's the, six the people. Six people are going to have a really good day. Yeah. Six people are going to cry tears of, of joy. There's a song. Cause I was thinking like, what describes the trials, the marathon trials, the Olympic trials. There's a song by Frankie Beverly and Mays. And the song says joy and pain, like sunshine and rain. Um, so that is my assessment of the marathon trials. And we're obviously rooting for joy. But you've been around this game. You understood it, stand it. You compete, you have you've competed in it, and obviously you've excelled in it. Is there a different feel? Is there a different buzz and excitement around this trials compared to some of the other ones that you, you know, got a chance to spectate and witness? Yeah, you know, I I mean, there is always like a buzz and you're looking at the races, like seeing the the Houston, um, the Houston half marathon as people ran that this past weekend to prepare for um, their, it's basically their tune up race. Um, it had me shift my predictions around a little bit, um, yes. but I think we're just dealing with such a, on the women's side specifically, such a concentration of talent. Um, we're going to have two American record holders, Kira D'Amato and Emily Sisson, um, competing. We're going to have an Olympic medalist in Molly Seidel. So it's so exciting. And I don't necessarily think that those are the three that are going to make the team. So, um, for me to see that kind of depth makes it so exciting because in every Olympic trials, someone surprising breaks through. In the last Olympic trials, it it wasn't that surprising to see Alphine Tulimuk win because her coach at the time, Ben Rosario, said that her and Kellen Taylor were both in really good fitness. And he knew one of them was going to make the team because they they ran so well. I think Kellen was 
fifth in that mm-hmm. in that race. So fantastic performances by the um by the Northern Arizona elite team. Um, but shocker, Molly Seidel in her very first marathon, um, she qualified by running the half marathon. Um she ends up making her first Olympic team and then medals in the Olympics. The only, only the third American to ever do it. So there's always these surprising performances on the men's side, Jacob Riley and Abdi Abdiraman were surprises to me. Abdi and I made our first Olympic team together in the year 2000 last Olympics. He made his fifth team. I mean, uh, that was like so far removed from uh, um from his first go around two decades later he's making another team so um it's just so um so exciting to see who is ready on that day and we could predict by um by their accolades because of what they've done before galen rupp is a, is a olympic medalist from rio is he going to make the team i don't know he was um was he in the Houston marathon? I think he was the seventh mm-hmm. American in the Houston half. So me, I mean, it's quite possible that he was just pacing. Like that was the pace he was supposed to run a tempo ish style run, um, there at that race. And he has the discipline. He's done stuff like that before the yep. discipline of just running a paced race. Um, so to me, it just makes it so, so exciting that there's always a dark horse. Um, yes. and, maybe not the ones that we throw out, um, in the span of our conversation. Um, it might be someone else entirely, entirely, but there's always a dark horse. And sometimes the best, the best of the best just didn't have a great buildup or they make a bad decision or just something is off the race morning. You just never know. The marathon is a beast in that. Some people could have a great buildup. I think it was Connor Mans, who was a little injured, battling a little injury in yep. December, but he's now back to doing workouts that he was doing before the Chicago Marathon when he qualified for um, hit that Olympic standard last fall. So, um, so obviously he got that behind him and got right focused. So it is just on the men's and women's side, both really, really exciting races. And I've run the gamut of of the experience, right, from winning the Olympic trials to getting beat by Colleen DeRook in the Olympic trials to seeing my very good friend, Jen Rines ranked 32nd in the field. And she made the team, um, to go to Athens. So, um, for anybody listening that might not think that they stand a chance, wipe that doubt aside, because if, if Jen Rines could be ranked 32nd in the field and, and just nail it on that day, make good choice after good choice and get in your fluids and run the tangents, your wildest dreams can come true. And you could have that American flag draped around your neck and booking your ticket to the Olympic games. Um, So, and I am fortunate enough to be in Paris to cheer that team on whoever those six might be. Ooh, we're going to have to start calling you Pastor Caster because that yeah. was just, that was a message for somebody. Ooh, th- that is how we're leading in with the show. I love that. And you're entirely, you're so right because that's what makes predictions, predictions so hard, but that's what makes sports so great. You see it in basketball every year. Last year, for example, Florida Atlantic went all the way to the final four. Um, San Diego State, if I'm not mistaken, no, they didn't make it to the championship. They lost. I don't know. Yeah, I think they did make it to the NCAA final or whatever. You just don't know. Um, 
we it is going to be a fast course. I can tell you that off the back of you know my head. Just living here for twenty nine years, I understand. I like I already know that it's going to be fast. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to run fast. That doesn't mean you're guaranteed a PR because, in my opinion, it's just make the team, make the team, make the team. If you got the qualifying spot, you've done half the battle. The other half, as far as the time goes, make the team. And I feel like we'll start with the men because the women, <laughs> that is the hardest thing. I know I hate math, but I know what people who take calculus feels like because that <laughs> trying to choose that team is is just freaking hard. Um, yeah. And the men, the, go ahead. the men has another complication in that there's only two spots that have been locked unlocked for the men's side, thanks to Connor and Clayton running the the time standard at the Chicago Marathon in 2023. So. Um, so I think the men's race is going to play out a little differently. It's going to be a little more honest because someone wants to unlock that third spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough too, because maybe listen from my vantage point. So Connor Mance and, um, I'm brain farting young, Clayton young, Clayton young, um, they did the hard work. They got the top two. They got two spots. And then obviously, you know, it came out that, you know, whoever gets third can chase, you know, that qualifying time to get the third spot. The men, Houston did throw a wrench at things, but at the same time, there's so many unique storylines when it comes to the men's race because Clayton and Connor, they have to show up and I think they'll be ready. I, I really do. But then you have the Galen Rups, you have, you know, Sam and you have, you know, um, so many different athletes who you might not have. It's, it's one or two things. They're right at the door, but they're not quite in or it's just a crap shoot. And so for me, I guess I should give my prediction. Okay. Do it. I'm, I'm going to be brave. I can do this. It is so um, hard because you're we're we're weighing time, um, the fastest in the field against those with really great experience. Yes. Yeah. Hit it. Suck it to me. I think Clayton Young wins. Wow. Okay. I think Connor Mance comes in second. This may be a weird one for you, but I'm going to stick to it. I think this is the year for Brother Scott Fobble. Wow. I think he takes that third spot. Really? He's he's been he's been knocking on the door, right? So it's time, but I feel like it's now or never. Because here's right. the thing. This is the year. This is what's unique about this trials. You're knocking on the door, but here's the unique thing about the door. As Fraser Crane said, it is askew. You have to watch that show to understand the meaning, but it is askew, meaning it is slightly open. You can put your hand in it. You can see it. You have to, you have to move in there. And I feel like this is the prime opportunity for Scott Fobble. There's honest to God's truth. I think first two that I named, they're concrete. But, I mean, there's other guys. Like, C.J. Albertson is not human. 
Um, the fact that he's running Boston, um, I wish I had his endurance and just life, <laughs> you know, to it and endure things. Um, granted, his ultra background, you know, pays a lot, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's him. But I think Fabo's been so close in so many different ways. Like, I feel like. For him, this is the opportunity. Everybody needs a chance. Everybody needs that opportunity. This is the year to do it. And I not only think he's going to make the team, I think he gets the standard. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And and it would be so good for him. And you're right. Yes. That, that driver of him showing up in Orlando saying this is this is all this has to be everything I've got because this is my last chance to do this yep. unless of course you look at someone like Obdin you're like oh I might I might be able to make it in in four years time um if I stick with it but yeah that's that's great Scott um Scott has been at this for a long time and he's always like right there right in, in yeah. the Boston Marathon and trials um, so that would be well deserved because he has continued to knock on that door. Um, and uh, and so that that's great. That was not he was not on my pick. I kind of I I had to pray about this. I had to say, Lord, help a brother. Now, just because I prayed don't mean you making the team. So let's just let's just take that out the equation. You still that's just my conviction. I, I don't know. I think a guy like him and I. And I'll be honest, Ms. Dina, I had to look at other sports and yeah. look at things that have recently happened and just see how the game is played and mm -hmm. just and just take the mental side of it and bring it in here. The team that I was thinking about, and it's going to make sense in a minute, was Villanova. The Villanova Wildcats. Villanova was they had the talent. But they were a second-round team. That's the team that will get upset or win one game and then lose and not make it to the Sweet 16. But then there was an opportunity with that group. And Jay Wright and Villanova took advantage of the opportunity, and they maximized on that potential. And I feel for the men and the women. Yeah, I'm not going to give too much away for the women's pick. But... For the men, I think that's Scott Bobble. I think it's now or never for him, and I think he's ready to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, and he seems like he's really, um, really comfortable and thriving in in his coaching situation, um, yes. the new team that he's with. I'm not going to call it a dark horse. I'm going to call it the heartbreak place, number four. Who do you have in that in that fourth Ooh. spot? Do you have someone? Can you think of someone that would be sitting there where that's like that person might be the headline because that fourth place position is always is always a tough one. But it's a story. It's still a story of heart, right? It's still there's still a lot of heart in that story. I have to go to my notes. Okay. I mean, you mentioned C.J. Albertson, so he's one of them. The problem is there's three of them. Oh, wow. Oh, Lord Jesus. Do I want to? So it's between CJ Albertson. Yeah. Galen Rupp. Hmm. Sam Chalinga. Oh, wow. Okay. But I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to be an adult. Sam Chalinga finishes fourth. CJ oh, Albertson fifth. 
Galen Rupp six. Let's, you know what? We're just going to go with that castor oil energy tonight. That's what we're rocking. Oh my today. gosh. Okay. So I had the, my top two were the same, but they were flipped. I had, um, I had Connor Mance winning. Okay. And Clayton Young getting second. Um, and then my third place pick, um, flip flopped quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, but I settled on right before this call, Ababia Sambasa. I was totally impressed. I know half marathons don't always transfer over to the, to marathon performance, but totally impressed that his head was in the Houston marathon, Houston half, um, the whole race. He ran one hour and 45 seconds. Like oh. that is such an incredible oh. performance. Yeah fourth overall first American. Um, it just shows me that he's, he's set himself up. Well, he is, is, um, I guess just well-trained and ready, ready for race day as are probably a lot of other people, but, um, but he was my, he was my third place pick to make that team. So Ooh. our first two are the same. And then I threw him in there for third dark horse. My dark horse or that heartbreak spot, or or maybe they're just gonna have a shining day and sneak up on that on that podium is my teammate Nico Montanez. And okay. um and he's probably not on a lot of prediction prediction lists, but he is he for the past few marathons, he has been so much fitter than he has displayed. I've seen like a emotional maturity in him, this training block. He was actually just did a, um, a training run in Florida this morning with, um, with Clayton Young and Connor Mance, the three of them, they all went to BYU, uh, coached by the great Ed Eyestone. Um, yes. but, um, but they had a training run today and, um, and I got some video footage of it and they all looked so smooth. Um, it was like, kind of like a last tempo, um, um, kind of strong run for them. And, um, and they all looked really, I don't know. I, I don't just look at times. I look at like posture and yes. confidence and facial expressions. And they all just looked like, like three friends working together, similar to Connor and Clayton in Chicago yes. in the, in the fall. And it, I, I could just, as they were running on this path in Orlando, I could, visualize them running the streets together on that on that looped course um for the trials just being the comfort of of the support they they have for each other and from each other um so that is my uh, my dark horse horse my gosh dark horse fourth place position in nico montanez how difficult is there a silver lining to fourth place because to me, this I've said this just in competing in other sports. I would rather come in 12th place, come in last place, or get just whooped. I'd rather lose 63 nothing than to lose on a game-winning field goal or a half-court shot at the buzzer or come in fourth place. Like that, that is because it's like you're right there. You're you're yeah. right there. You know, I I feel like the disappointment might be there initially, like right when you cross the finish line, like, yeah. like tasting the red, white, and blue, and then falling, falling a little short of it, or thinking like kicking yourself in the butt for like a little like brain lapse you had when you were grabbing your water bottle, you can nitpick it to death um, in a span of 26.2 miles. But I think 
um, a good night's sleep or a vacation might bring you back to the place of, okay, I'm here and I'm like just a few strides away. How do I tweak training? Or maybe it's not even training. Maybe I need to focus on sleeping better at night. Maybe I need yeah. to think of my nutrition, my race day nutrition a little better and, and, and do that 1% better so that you can be there, be there next time. Because I think one of the greatest motivators of, of all is that comeback story, right? Like feeling yes. that revenge, um, the revenge on a, on a moment. Um, so I feel like it could be a very powerful driver. Um, if you let it, if you don't, if you're not defined by the feeling of failure, you could use it as a driver to push you forward, to do great things. The next time you put on those racing shoes. Or just go get some castor oil. <laughs> Basically that <laughs> I was thinking, what if we did this? You know, a honey stinger has their little things. What if we put, a like Kerrygold butter and then like castor oil in that. And then you're at mile 18. You pop one of those in. Oh God. Let me tell you something. When I start running that 5K, you better hope I don't freeze those and actually make that a concoction because I'm whooping everybody. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm running. I know. 12. And don't try anything. Don't try anything new on race day. Train for it first. Okay. But I'm just saying, I'm going to train for it. And when you look at the time and you see 1125 in the men's division, Listen, it's the castor oil. I will, I will know, I will know what's responsible for it. Yes, ma'am. And guess what? It's not on the banned substance list. It's on the enhancer, <laughs> the natural enhancer list. The women's race. You, I don't want to say you have a better chance of picking all the numbers in the lottery, but <laughs> there is so much talent in this race. So and there's so many, what I love about it, I was interviewing, it was Tristan Van Org of Zap Endurance. This was back in December. And the question that I asked her, and it's been echoed by other marathoners, I said, what is it that you're excited? What is, you know, what are you excited for? What excites you the most? And she said something that I just haven't forgotten. You know, she said, it is wide open. There's no guarantees in this race. I felt that to my bone. I did. And she's not the only one because there's a confidence that you don't know who I am. But on February 3rd, I'm going to showcase what I got. I want to say my heart goes out to Emma Bates. Yeah. Um, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it that. Hate it, hate it that. Yeah. Um, Cause she would have been on our list, both of our lists, right? She was, yes, she was, she yeah. was on the list. Um, yeah. but she's going to bounce back in Boston. I, I know she is. She's going to, she's going to have a great bounce back. Yeah. Cause now, she already said that her, that she, she was back to training and the injury was behind her. She just didn't have time um, to be ready for February. So April's April's a little more, little more doable. Feasible. Yeah. I got to give a quick shout out to somebody who was running in the marathon trials. Uh, Mrs. Dot McMahon. Uh, Dot, you interviewed her. I did. That interview came out today. We were recording this Thursday. This will be out next week. So last week, technically I got a chance to interview her and a story. I did write a story on Dot as well. And I have to say, I she she's awesome. 
47 years old, popping 230, uh, whatever it is she she ran. I forgot the number off the back of my head, but I just had to give her a shout out. I think it's awesome um, that she's still balling out. And Dot, I hope you get a chance to go bowling. Good. I love I I love that you interviewed her um, because I adore her. She was my roommate at the World Championships in Moscow, awesome. um, and uh, and she's I just let you know the girls like eating their cookies in bed with the sheets pulled up, just gossiping through the night, staying up until one in the morning, chit chatting. It was like we were on a girls' vacation after the race because we were just chatting away into the night and she is so lovely. So good luck dot. If you're listening, um, I, I definitely hope you have your best day out there. Yes, we, we definitely, you're going to be our honorary dark horse pick. Uh, I know she, she told me she's not looking to make a team. She just wants to have fun and we want you to have fun too. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to the episode, check it out because we did get into a little sing along at some point in that episode. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we talked about the beauty of station wagons, which I need in my life, but I just had to give her a shout out, but it is so competitive and was crazy to me between last December and this coming up in February, 220, if you're running, the mark is 226 down, um, really 225 down. 220 and I even 227 like you can still pop a 227 and depending on the day you can be in the mix there's so much intrigue there's so many storylines and it's so exciting this I guess it's time for me to all right <clears throat> come on Come on. You got to make your pick right here, right now. I know your page probably has like 10 people on it because it could be one of 10 people and then someone that comes out of nowhere because their training was flawless and their confidence has skyrocketed. But it's time. It's time. Okay. I can do this. <laughs> First place. That was not hard to me, um, even though it, it can't be. Emily Sisson. I, I I think she's I think she's on another level. She's a quiet monster, right? Like she's at home just putting in the work, just quietly clicking off those kilometers and doing it in Emily fashion. And she is gonna show up and make that marathon look like poetry. Listen, Smokey Robinson had a song called Quiet Storm. That is Emily. That is uh, yes. quiet storm in my life. Second place, I'm going with Molly Saito. Okay. I think Olympic medalist. I mean, why not? Right. But listening to her interviews and just kind of seeing where she is, the confidence mm. is back. So I'm picking her second. Yeah. And this the one is back because she trained well and had a great Chicago marathon. This is where you're going to slap me. Some people are going to call this a homer pick, and that's okay. Third place. Laura Thweet's going to make that team. Oh, I, that that made my heart really warm when you said that. I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Laura has come in fifth twice. There's something I just said it. 
when you have, I've talked with Laura, I'm telling you, she's at a different place. There's something about when you just miss the team that gives you an extra fire that Alka-Susser Chews can't solve. That is heartburn to the extreme. Like, and there's this, there's something about the underdog and the underdog who has experience and the underdog who has experience who tasted winning only only fell short by 16 seconds. Her and Desi were fourth and fifth last marathon trials. There's something about it. And I don't care. I'm standing 10 toes, town, 10 toes down. Laura's going to make the team. Laura, if you're listening, girl, you're going to make the team. I'm going to send this to you. Make sure you know. <laughs> and, and Dina, Dina approves of my list. I do. That's beautiful. I love that. And that, I mean, that's, um, she's probably not someone that, um, that when you look at women's marathoning in the last, in the, uh, how it's exploded in the last year, she's always there, but yeah. she's not the one breaking the American record and, um, or winning the Olympic medal. Um, but she's always right there. She's always, she's always got a fight in her and she has heart. You could see it in her every time she races cross country on the roads. Um, she has a lot of heart. So um, she just has to keep running with it. My sleeper pick, my yeah. sleeper pick. Are you going to, is, is this where you name like five people? And then I have, no, to, I'm, that you I'm, have to choose one of the five. No, I'm going to be responsible. I'm not going to have my wine explode this time in this pick. Um, <laughs> Gabby Rooker. All right. And why, why, what makes you choose Gabby? This was hard between her and Miss D'Amato. This was hard. This was tough because yeah. I have mad love and respect for her. Gabby is cooking with chicken grease. She is cooking with fish grease in July. She is, she is, she's the hot hand right now. She is. Every marathon she's run, she improved like 30 minutes yeah. or some something crazy like that from the first marathon to, to this marathon coming up. 224. She is cooking. She's learning more and she has confidence. And there's something about I I've gotten a chance to talk with people who do not just do this for a living. Gabby, shout out to you. You just signed with Nike. People who have a job outside of running, that's a different level of toughness yeah. that you need when you are in the trenches of a race. That is a different level of toughness. And that's not to say that no one else has it. But I'm riding the hot hand. And right now in the women's marathon, in my opinion, she's the hot hand. So yeah. Gabby comes in fourth. Kara comes in fifth. I, I can support that because she has she has such great momentum coming into this race and thinking like, I'm going to make that momentum work for me here and now for this chance to represent my country. And so exactly. so why not? Why not me? Right. Why not? Why not me in this in this moment? Um, to rise to the occasion again um, in a sport that she's really uh, mastering quickly, right? I feel like she's she's doing such a such a good job, and not really. It, it doesn't seem like she's letting it affect her. She still just wants to learn more. It seems like she's she's still like 
open to it. Like, okay, I haven't gotten this down yet. I I'm still, I'm still learning and, and um, discovering my talents here. Um, and she still seem, it seems like she still thinks it's untapped, right? Like there's yes. just more, more to come. So that's a great pick. She wasn't on my list, but that's a really great pick. I love that. Um, now, so I guess it's my turn. Yep. Um, so I, I too had Emily Sisson, um, winning, winning the race. Um, but my next two, um, were, um, more unconventional in Betsy Sienna. Um, I, she's the third fastest of all the, of all the women that have, have qualified. So that kind of leans me towards her. She ran so fast in Tokyo and just ran such a smart race there, um, she won the Sydney Marathon. I just think she's on such a good trajectory also, um, I guess, similar to Gabby. Um, so I picked Betsy and then Lindsay Flanagan also just, um, so I think we're choosing, we're choosing different people for similar reasons that <laughs> they're, they're just in a good groove in the marathon. Yes. And maybe that means that, that they're due for, for a doozy, right. That they, yeah. they need that big lesson in their life, but it just seems like they're, they're, they're blossoming under, um, under their training programs and this, um, this sense of unending achievement that, that the marathon has to offer. I know Lindsay Flanagan is, um, really loving, her coaching situation. She's traveled to Australia oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, to um, to train under her coach Benita Willis, who I competed against um, in cross country at World Cross Country Championships. So, um, so those are are my top three: Emily Sisson, Betsy Sienna, and Lindsay uh, Flanagan. And you know, I had I had my fourth place dark horse as Molly Seidel, but I think I'm changing it at the last minute to Sarah Vaughn. Oh, I like that. I think I'm just, I, I felt like a little timid doing that, but I just, I, she just like, she just, <clears throat> she just flipped on my page. Like, like she has to be up there. Um, so Sarah Vaughn, um, just, just really, again, just has been in this sport for so long, but she's just continuing to improve and find her groove in the marathon at a later age. And I feel that's really admirable. I can't believe I don't have Kira D'Amato on this list or Alphine, our, our past champion. Alphine's been doing so well. She ran really well at the New York City Marathon in the fall um, off of a very short buildup. So I, I feel like she could be up in there, but I'm sticking, I'm sticking to my list. I'm sticking to Emily Sisson, Betsy and Lindsay uh, as my top three and Sarah Vaughn as my fourth place dark horse. And this, none of our picks are an indictment against the field that is competing. It is, it just shows the insane depth that yeah. is in this marathon. So those are our picks. We're sticking to it. Look at my paper. I, I'm just letting you see my pages of like notes and like I have people crossed off and then arrows going up and then it, arrows going down and then completely cross. It's not an easy prediction because no. the fields are so talented in so many ways. And um, it's, 
it's going to be mine. It's going to be a mind blowing morning. And anybody who cannot make it to the streets of Orlando have to be tuning in on NBC. They'll be airing it live um, because this is a race that you do not want to miss the pride that is on the line. People, I mean, you even said with, with Gabby that People are representing not just their sponsors, but their workplace, their communities, their families, their churches, their states. And um, and you could see that weight on them when they're out there, which is why some people um, think of it as a hand on their back, pushing them to that finish line as and a wave of support. And some people might feel a little burdened by, by having to carry the weight of representing so much in their lives. But it is, um, I... I know that the commentators will tell the the great stories behind the athletes that are towing the line in Orlando. It is going to be quite a show. I am so excited. Listen, speaking of athletes and their stories, Orlando2024trials.com. Go ahead and click on that as it's the official site for that. You can find some articles written by myself on a few athletes, um, as well as some other journalists, as well as athlete bios. And that's also where you can find all the news updates on everything going on around the trials. The queen has graced the show. Let's say we do it again, headed into Paris and everything like that. We'll, so we'll do much this. Fun. It's always great talking with you and to any athletes that, that are tuning in and listening dream large, like, like the sky is the limit. The chance is yours to grab if you want it. And it's worth laying it all out on the line because if you give your best, no matter the place that day, it is a race you can be super proud of. So give it your all. And when it starts to hurt physically, go to that headspace up there and make it your best day in your head and get the most out of this experience because it's going to be awesome. Listen, the goat has spoken and everybody, thank God that she didn't have a shoe that could have been used to whip your behind on the marathon course. Until <laughs> next time, love, peace and chicken grease. We'll catch you guys later.